One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. You're listening to Adrift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Now that I've told you, you're welcome to forget it right away and use the space that you have left over to chastise something. doesn't matter what. Hello? Are you listening to me? Everything is amazing. Adrift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. rough evening. Firstly, we should point out it's Sunday evening, mm. uh, which I think is a first for us. It's our earliest it recording. It is, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll still, I'm sure, be editing it at the last minute in the early hours of Wednesday morning, but but, um, but basically I've got to go away for work for a few days after today, so we've, we've convened on Sunday evening. And before you got here, I had sort of an hour and a half after my son went to bed, Sarah's out working, so I thought... I'm I'm going to treat myself to a Deliveroo. Nice. Which yeah. uh, I'm, I'm sure everyone knows what that is. Uh, if you don't, it's a, one of these food apps you have on your phone, which has lots of different restaurants on it, and then somebody brings it on a moped. You could probably guess as well from the name, really. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. But I just, I'll tell you what, something made me paranoid. Years ago, I remember mentioning it on the radio, and this was when it was still somewhat new. Mm. And when we were on the radio, it was a national station, and I was always, being from the north, I was always like hypersensitive about talking about things that went on in London mm. as if it was the same everywhere in the country. Yeah. So I remember uh, mentioning Deliver and saying, oh, is this, this, this app we have, uh, we've got it in London. I think it's in a few other cities now, but I don't think it's in, in all the country. And an angry man came at me on either the text messages or Twitter or something telling me I was patronising <laughs> London-centric media. Of course we have Deliveroo in Derby. <laughs> okay, so that's Derby. What about Leek in Staffordshire? I don't know if they have the Deliveroo. There you go. What about Ripley in York, Yorkshire? I don't know. Mm-hmm. What about parts of Dumfries and Galloway? Exactly. I don't have time to research all these things. But anyway, so I've become very paranoid about ever mentioning it, I guess even on the podcast, mm. because, uh, you know, if you listen in another country, you've got your Canada. Equipment. Yeah, you've got your equipment. In the States, you've got a thing, I think, called Postmates. Postmates? Yeah. So is that the equivalent? Well, that was the one I remember using a few years ago, but okay. I don't know if that's been superseded. But, you know, I, I don't always think this is the most interesting podcast, but I think it would be less interesting <laughs> if I just named, uh, that did an hour's worth of research on delivery apps and just named them all <laughs> so it, as not to exclude 
Did you not hear how interested I was to hear about Postmates? <laughs> I was generally like, oh, Postmates. Okay, well, maybe that's, that's, that's what we'll do for next week's okay. episode. Okay, great. Anyway, so it's a long story short, far too late for that. Um, I ordered some food. It said it was going to take 15 to 20 minutes. I checked in on it 10 minutes later. It said it was going to take an hour and 10 minutes. I had to ring them. I went on hold. Uh, They cancelled the order and refunded me, but only after I was on hold for 20 minutes. I then ordered from somewhere else. And then when it got here, the guy hadn't held it upright. And, you know, he hadn't packed it on his moped properly. And it had all leaked in the bag. One of the dishes was just ruined and I had to throw it in the bin. Mm. And do you know what I won't do? What's that? Complain about him. <laughs> because, I, I, you know, I think those those people, you know, their employment status isn't great. What if you saw him spit in your food from, from out the window? <laughs> I probably still wouldn't. Oh. I saw the new Ken Loach film recently. I've not seen that. Well, you know, it, did you see I, Daniel Blake? Yeah, I loved that. Yeah. So it makes I, Daniel Blake look like uh, a feel, the feel-good film of the year. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's sort of a very, very bl- brilliant, important affecting but dismally bleak film about um, couriers, basically, people who are on these zero-hour contracts and the couriers especially. You know when you get like a sort of text message saying, you know, Dave will deliver your package between 5 past 11 and 5 past 12? Mm -hmm. Just what Dave's life actually looks like to make sure that can happen. Oh, really? It's not good. Not Not saying it's the same for every single driver, but some of the practices. Anyway... Mm. We've gone into the weeds a little bit there. What was I talking about? So so I just had this baddie. So two separate orders went wrong. Mm. And here's what I think. I think if you ever... Re- I think I'm, I'm quite scientifically minded usually, but I think there's some kind of law of the universe that they haven't discovered yet. When you're really, really looking forward to food delivery and you're thinking of it as a special treat... Something will go wrong, and the more you're looking forward, the more likely, exactly. and the worse. Exactly, it exactly. Yeah. that's ex- yeah. exactly it. Um, so, otherwise, this weekend went to a four-year-old's birthday party yesterday. How was that? It, it was good for my son who was there, but it was very bad for my self-esteem because I just couldn't bond with any of the other parents. We tried. Well, so I went with my wife. Mm-hmm. That's uh, nice. You both went. It wasn't like I'm not going, so you have to. <laughs> Well, I think in that situation, I just wouldn't go. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay, right, right. And also, I'm quite codependent, so I like being with her on the weekend. Because <laughs> she, no, she, yeah, she works a lot. She works yeah, for the yeah, hours and she's all over the country. Yeah, yeah. So if I get some time with her, time where That's I've got nice. access to her, <laughs> I just want to spend it with her, even if it involves us both going to a party. That's lovely. And, and she is... Um, you know, she is a charismatic, uh, socially competent person. But I felt like I dragged her down to my level. Mm. It was like we very quickly became the pariahs amongst the other parents. Well, nobody was talking to you. No, and, and every time some people would come into our orbit, I'd feel our conversation game between the two of us, and admittedly Sarah was doing most of the heavy lifting, Mm-mm. was fine, but we couldn't we couldn't get the small talk off the ground mm. at all. I mean, we couldn't really get past the... Uh, Oh, so is it his actual birthday today stage? Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that most thrilling of questions. It is it's a great question it's on not, a birthday. It's a terrible question. But have you asked it? About every single yeah. time I go to, is it today your birthday? Yeah, like nobody is interested in the answer to that question. The party is here. That's what we're celebrating. It doesn't matter. And here are the two stock reactions you get. If, it's, if they say it's today, you go, oh, lovely. Yeah, if it's yeah. not, you go, oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, so it didn't really get above that. Mm. And then I should tell you about something else, something sort of 
quite terrible that happened to me today. Okay. So a friend of mine is having a birthday party mm-hmm. at a pub. Okay. That's Sunday afternoon birthday party. And it was uh, kind of, oh, no kids. Okay. It was like, let's get let's get a few old friends together, like it used to be in the olden days, no kids. Mm-hmm. So what's my, my reaction to this when I hear about it? I don't know. Don't want to go. Don't want to. Of course I don't want to go. Okay. I'd like, if, if, if you had a birthday party, you, you, I love you like family, mm. like... I'd, I wouldn't want to go. I'd, oh, okay. Yeah, okay. It wasn't the fact that there was no kids. You just didn't want to go. No, no, no. If anything, I like taking my child to things because it means I can be constantly distracted yeah, yeah. by him going rogue. Mm-mm. You know, if he wants to sort of uh, wander off and do something dangerous, I can stand and watch him instead of making my terrible small talk yeah, with people. Yeah. So, so I, I, you know, I, anyway, but that wasn't it. I just didn't want to go to the birthday party. It's a Sunday afternoon. Mm. As I've said, I enjoy spending time with my family on a weekend. Um, all three of us, it's, it doesn't happen all the time during the week. So it was just a, a nice, a nice, you know, it's just nice family time. And I don't like it being intruded on by other people's social engagements. <laughs> so what I made a plan mm. when, when this, uh, when this birthday party went in the diary, I thought, okay, I'm going to bail out in the morning of. That was my plan. Okay. I hadn't fleshed out the specifics, no. but I thought I'm going to bail out in the morning of. So, uh, the the other important thing you need to know is one of my other friends was also going to this thing. Okay. So this morning I sent a text message uh, to both my friend whose birthday it is mm-hmm. and my friend who's like, oh, I'll see you at such and such's birthday. Mm-hmm. And I say, oh, I'm devastated. Eugene's really poorly. Uh, he's been throwing up all night. He's got diarrhea as well. Um, I, th- I think I'm going to have to take him to the out of hours casualty doctor because he's got a temperature as well. Mm. I'm gutted. I was really looking forward to this afternoon, but have a great time and I'll uh, I'll, I'll see you soon. We'll go. Out, we'll go out for something to eat soon. Okay. First person to text back is my friend whose birthday it isn't, mm-hmm. who texts back, oh, I think you've got your dates wrong. I then get a text message straight mm. away saying, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Party's next week. I'll see you then. Oh, no. Yes. No. Yes. No. Yeah. You have to go. Yeah, I know I do. Got no choice. No. Oh. I can't do the double bail. Of course not. It's an impossible manoeuvre. <laughs> get with it. Get with it. Get with it. With. 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 Get with it. Adrift. Adrift, Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Well, it felt good to share those. And uh, of course, it will feel good to you if you share your story of social interactions gone awry with us. Email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. Bob from New Zealand. Some time ago, when my now teenage son was about three, we were at a local hardware supply store. The store has a kid's playground in the corner, which is popular as it's gated so the kids can't run away. And has pretty interesting things in it like climbing forts, slide and that massive oversized spring that all those playgrounds have. It was near the end of the day and just as the last parent had collected their child and left, I was trying to extract my son. He was as far away as he could get from me, up inside the wooden fort. I was calling him, but he was reluctant to come out. Then, to my horror, there was a sustained shower down through the wooden fort, all over the beams and rubber matting. To be clear, there was a lot of it. 
My mouth immediately went dry and I started looking around in a panic. First of all, to see if anyone else had seen. I had a better chance of dealing with the situation if I can deal with it on my terms. And secondly, to see if there was someone who could help. Fortunately, I had luck on both fronts. Nobody had seen and a very helpful young man who worked in the store just happened to be coming past. I could immediately tell from his face that he was one of the good guys. He hadn't been beaten down by retail quite yet. His shoulders were pulled back and he had a spring in his step. To be clear, this was at the end of the workday, so how he managed that, I would just have to put down to the eternal exuberance of youth. I beckoned him over and told him what had happened. He was completely understanding and told me not to worry and that he would take care of it immediately. The relief was amazing. I was so thankful. This, however, was short-lived. He turned towards the emptying store to where one of the older workers was in the process of clocking out. John, before you go, he called, could you do a quick clean-up in the playground? John was just hanging up his polar fleece jacket on a hook, ready to go home and dull the pain of whatever task he'd been doing all day. (laughs) He froze with his polar fleece in his hand, mere inches from the hook, back to us, before he then sighed, slumped his shoulders and put his polar fleece back on. The young man turned to me and said very helpfully, John will be with you soon, before then flitting off to champion another customer experience. John was taking his time to fetch a bucket. I panicked and looked for the exits. There were none between me and John. I still had the advantage, as John had not seen us. I grabbed my son's hand, looked him straight in the eye where he saw my fear, and we ran away down one of the aisles of the store before getting out of there. I think about John often. He is the real MVP here. Do you know what MVP means? Uh, I looked it up and I've already forgotten it. Is it most valuable player? It is, yeah, or player, yeah. Most valuable player, right, yeah. Well done. I think think it's a sporting term. Congratulations. Okay, let's go on to... Oh, that was beautiful. Yeah, Yeah, it was. This is from Ben. Almost 30 years ago, when I was about 19, I got the chance to visit Argentina with a friend. It's an incredibly long story, so I'll miss out the parts such as being left on my own, living with gauchos who spoke no English, getting attacked by a swarm of bees, sitting on a runaway horse, etc. <laughs> <laughs> I want to read the book of this. And <laughs> sitting, sitting on. <laughs> and focus on just one bit. After weeks of living on my own, I finally got the chance to be reunited with my friend. I was dropped at a bus station and told to catch a bus to a place 300 miles away. Before the guy drove off, he told me the bus would arrive in six hours' time. I had a huge suitcase with me and a little money. I got a seat reserved on the bus, though. So after eight long, awful hours, the bus finally arrived and it immediately filled up as I was trying to find out if this was the right one and what to do with my case. It was the right one, so I climbed abroad and walked back to my reserve seat, thankful I could finally relax for a few hours. Of course, my seat was taken. I spoke no Spanish and was far too shy to get them to move. I was close to tears by then and thought, I'm not having this. I went back to the driver and pretended I couldn't find my seat. He came back with me, saw a person reclining in my seat and amazingly got him to move. I was delighted but could feel the hate from everyone around me. (laughs) I was mortified I'd done this, but I just wanted to sit down after eight hours of utter boredom. I was exhausted. I sat down and the guy had reclined my seat back so much it was practically in the lap of the person behind me and my head was right next to the lap of his companion. I found the lever to right the seat and that's when I realised it was broken. I couldn't lie back as it was just too embarrassing. So I spent the next five hours desperately trying to sit upright in a broken seat over rows and made me fall back every 30 seconds or so. It was the longest journey of my life. And this is from Johnny. 
A couple of years ago, I went back to uni to do a master's, otherwise known as a complete waste of 10 grand. There were 130 people on my course and one night the class reps put on some getting to know you drinks. Small talk isn't exactly my thing, but after much prevarication, I forced myself to go and be social. The venue was a long rectangular room with the guests crowded around drinks tables at each end. I couldn't see anyone I knew. Panic. Then I noticed two people I vaguely recognised standing together in the middle of the room, separated from everyone else. Perhaps I should have taken that as a hint that they wanted to be on their own for a private conversation. But failing to read the social cues, I thought, cutting themselves off from the rest of the group, these must be my people. I strode up to them, but hesitated as I got closer and ended up hovering awkwardly beside them. Neither acknowledged my presence. I waited a space to enter the conversation. None was forthcoming. So I just stood there, painfully. Eventually, I piped up. Good to get all the cohort together, isn't it? One of them nodded. Then they both walked off in separate directions to opposite ends of the hall, leaving me stranded on my own in the middle of the room on full display. Not only had I failed to start my own conversation, but I'd actively broken up theirs. There was only one thing for it. I walked straight out and went home, not five minutes after arriving. Oh, I'd love some more stories of leaving, Mm. like committing such a social social faux pas that you just had to get out of there. Yeah, the shortest amount of time between arriving and leaving. Yeah, yeah, good to to find out. Um, Hello at adriftpodcast.com is the email address. Please join me in this bubble that has been forever locked in the glass by the blower. It's it's their breath. It's horrible. Adrift. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Annabelle. Yes. I am uh, sitting here looking forward to a way in which you are not a fully functioning adult. Part 36. Misreading stuff. Now, I mean this literally. Like Misreadings of situations will probably be covered in parts 50 to 80. <laughs> but I'm just going to do the misreading of text. Yeah. And this is slightly hard for me to admit as I pride myself on thoroughly reading messages because I don't want to be the person who gets a group WhatsApp, skims it, doesn't see the bit where it says something like, the party's on the 15th, let me know if you can make it, but not by replying to this as nobody wants a ton of message on their phone and then replies. It's always at least four people that do that. And never am I more sanctimonious when that happens. I feel amazing. So I can never be that person, so I do make an effort to read the message properly. Incidentally, I think I can tell someone's age by how long they take to respond to a message. I would say, over 55, they treat it like a phone call. They answer it there and then, regardless of what it interrupts. Between 38 and 55, Mm -hmm. reply the same day. Under 38, just ignore the message. You never get a reply. That's my theory. I think it's because young people are in too many groups and just can't keep up. Right. I, I do. I do, I really think this. Because I, I, I will either reply there and then if I know the answer straight away. Yeah. Or, the, or it'll just fall out of my head and you'll never get a reply out of me. Oh, so you're like a young old person. Yes. <laughs> you, you, would, you would confuse me a lot then. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, misreading. Now, I'm kind of arrogant, as you can tell, how great I am. I'm not misreading, but I'm going to omit two slip-ups to you. These are the ones I'm omitting. The first happened when I was 18 and going on holiday to Greece with my boyfriend at the time. It was one of those holidays where you book it really cheaply, but you don't know what hotel you're staying in until you get there. And I was at the airport looking at the booking paperwork we'd been given, and I said excitedly, oh, we do know where we're going. It says hotel dash allocatee on 
own. <laughs> allocate on arrival. <laughs> the other time I'm admitting to is much more recently. So I had a book published last year. And every six months, you get a profit share statement. The first one, I got a little bit of money, which was nice. The second one, a little bit less, but it was £145. So it's still very nice to have. But I noticed that a few months later, the amount still hadn't been paid into my bank account. So I sent slightly shirty email to my publisher about it. And I got one back saying I'd misread the profit share statement. And it was actually a negative balance of £145. <laughs> it was minus £145. I, I, I owe them that money, <laughs> which is embarrassing like for two reasons, really, that my book <laughs> was doing so badly and also that I misread the email. But because I'm usually so great, so great at not misreading, I'm going to finish the one that my boyfriend did last week to make me feel better. So he doesn't like using shower, ge- shower gels with parabens in them. He says they react badly with his skin and cause his sweat glands to overreact. I'm 83% sure there is no scientific basis in this, but I humour him and I buy paraben-free stuff. This is the first time I've ever, ever heard the word paraben. Am I saying it wrong? I, I don't know. Oh, it's like a sort of a chemical that goes in like washing things, like soaps and shampoos. And This is, this is news to me. Okay. I mean, clearly I don't know very well what it is either, but it's a type what of chemical. What are microbeads? Is that a thing? Yeah, they're in exfoliators. Uh. Yeah, I think they're banned now. Anyway, he complained last week about the shower gel I'd got, I'd bought him, and he showed me the label. So I'm going to read you the label. It's a list on the side and the words yes and no are in bold. So it says this. Yes, vegan. Yes, 90% biodegradable formula. Yes, this bottle is made from 100% recycled materials. Yes, organic coconut oil. Yes, with plant-based cleansers. No, sulfate cleansers. No, parabens. No, colorants. He showed it to me and said, it's got parabens in it. And I said, it doesn't. It says, no, parabens. And he said, no, no, it says, no, they mean, (laughs) they mean, no, we couldn't do it. We couldn't do it without parabens. Yes, we could do the plant-based cleansers, but no to doing it without parabens, sulfates and colourants. someone's job to write that and probably loads of other people's jobs to approve it do you think any of them would have said "Mm, but what if somebody thinks it means no sorry no can do had to put the parabens in (laughs) nobody so no matter what i've done i don't think anyone has misread anything quite as badly as he misread that label excuse me do you have any word jeff lloyd and about port adrift Ooh, I'm in the stream. Oh, I know what I should say. Mm. Happy spooky Halloween, everyone. Ooh. Ooh, happy spooky Halloween. This is, uh, I guess this comes out the day before Halloween. We're recording it the weekend before. Strictly Come Dancing did a, a Halloween special. I hate those so much because the See, music never, never creep. It's always things like, should I stay or should I go? That's not creepy. Well, let me tell you something. I, I was looking forward to it because I thought, like, I thought I would be guaranteed the Monster Mash. Um, I've never really watched Strictly Come Dancing before I was this say, year, I didn't but think, yeah. you know. But uh, I thought they're, they're bound to do the Monster Mash, but it seems to have fallen off the Halloween playlist. Mm. It's the only time I ever really miss the old radio show on Halloween when we don't get, you know, we can't play the Monster Mash on the podcast for copyright mm. reasons. And I used to really love playing that terrifying thing every year. So but, scary. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. So they d- didn't play that. They did do Ghostbusters, which I've noticed they tend to. Uh, 
throw in on these talent shows on mm. Halloween. That's fair um, enough, yeah. And and it would seem that the decision has been made that they should err on the side of caution with thriller. So that's okay. that seems to have gone off the playlist, okay. which you know you can see see how they got there. But uh, yeah, quite disappointing in No Monster Mash. I take it you you didn't watch it? No, no, I'm not a strictly fan. Uh, no, 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 neither am I. Really, I think it's very, very well done. But oh yeah, um, mm, I, I just yeah. I'm too busy with the um, celebrity X Factor, so I can't do both. Let me ask you a question: mm. Simon Cowell's shirt buttons, right? So the, the very the, he used to have one too many shirt and buttons undone, right? Mm-hmm. And and now you th- there must be a shirt button done up somewhere because it's a V shape, <laughs> but it's beneath the desk. <laughs> right, right. Here is my question to you: mm. What has happened? Like the the only thing I can think of is he saw somebody with five shirt buttons undone and thought, oh, that looks good. I should do that. But then what is weird to me is I don't think I've seen anybody do that. It looks so weird that I always assume that it's an accident and they popped undone. But I think, think how many people work on that show. No one has said, oh, you need to do your buttons up. No, because if if that was the case, like they'd come back from commercials. Mm, Yeah, exactly. And it'd be back to just two buttons. It'd just be back to one too many undone. Mm. Like what has gone on in his head that he thought, here's here's a change I'm going to make. The viewing figures have been in free fall. <laughs> yeah, the show isn't what it used to be. Every even you know uh, even people who were longtime fans have gone over to Strictly. Mm-hmm. I know. <laughs> so now Louis Walsh with more buttons undone. That mm. I would watch. Mm, yeah. Um, we don't usually talk about this sort of thing on the no, podcast, no. do we? What happened? I don't know. Sorry about that, everybody. Uh, especially if you listen to this in like six months' time and it's not Halloween. Mm. Just uh, I'll tell you what. Let's uh, let's just uh, create. Create a diversion by talking about Patreon. Okay. Uh, please support us on Patreon. Um, if you want to get a title, if you want to see this video, uh, is your mum on a pencil for any dates yet? Well, I can't. Oh, yeah, my mum, yes, yeah, because Tom's working for the next month. Um, no, no, we can't do the next month unless it's a weekend because he's full time for a month. Well, you know my feelings on weekends. Well, exactly. It's family time. <laughs> Bring your family. No, you are somebody I would enjoy spending time with on a weekend. Why don't you all come over for brunch? And then we'll just pop out for an hour. No, that's not a good idea. No, no, that's not bad. So that would leave Sarah in charge with all the children. Well, it's only two children. I know, but our two children. <laughs> <laughs> They're so rogue. We, we looked after someone else's child. Today we ended up like, so a f- friend of ours was poorly and Sarah, we, we, we made this plan um you know, knowing we weren't going to go to this birthday party, that mm. turned out not to be today anyway, to go to the Natural History Museum. Oh, nice. And, and Sarah offered to bring, uh, to, to bring our friend's kid along with us to give her a break. Oh, that's nice. And I could t- she didn't clear it with me first. Right, right. And it was so great because when she woke me up this morning, she brought like, a crumpet and a cup of coffee. Oh. And I knew there was something happening. There was some, <laughs> but it was, um, yeah, it was, it was quite good apart from my friend's daughter. At some st- so we deci- d- decided to divide and conquer right. by and large. Yeah. So I most of the time I had my son, but sometimes I'd have this little girl, Elsie and Sarah would have my son. My son got so jealous whenever I held this little girl's hand. Oh, well. It was great. I was <laughs> so great about myself. Um, but there was a point at which she said, oh, I think, think I need a poo-poo. Right. Now, I'm dealing w- with my son's poo the whole time. Mm. Like, I make jokes to Sarah that, do you want to watch a YouTube video about how to change a nappy? Because she does it so infrequently. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Like, so, you know, I, I sort of do 
do most of that. Um, but the panic at having to take a little girl to the toilet, I've never done it. I, I mean, I went straight into panic mode. And I was ham- hammering on Sarah and Jean were in the toilet. I was hammering on the door going, Elsie needs the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> really uh, offload uh, that kid as quickly uh, as possible. Uh, anyway, yeah, we should, we should do that. Okay, let's do, do that yeah, then, because yeah. then we can do it sooner rather than later. Yes. Uh, okay, then. Um, uh, more on that. Very soon. Very soon. We're gonna we're gonna uh, get Sarah to look in the calendar. Yep, yep. Because you know, in as much as I am good at changing nappies, and that defies mm. old dated stereotypes, I'm I am very bad at coordinating the marital calendar. So I sort of perpetuate stereotypes in that way. Okay. Anyway, um, find out more. Patreon.com Stroke adrift. <laughs> Tessloid and Annabelle Port. Hi. It's a show and it's also a demeanor. Have we talked about my weird reading? No. Have you seen me read recently? No. So I'm going to do an impersonation of myself reading. Okay. This is what it looks like. So you, you give a running commentary. Okay. You've taken your glasses off, which is confusing me for a start. Yeah. You use your glasses to. Oh, God. So, <laughs> so he's taken his glasses off. And then he's put one hand over one eye, and then you've put the paper very, very close to the open eye. Why? Why? So you may remember I got very focals, or maybe they call them transitional lenses in some places, about a year and a half ago. Very focals. Don't try and make them sound cooler. <laughs> very focals. And I just can't get on with them. Okay. The fine for distance, the fine for looking at the computer, but for reading, I just can't get on with them i don't know if i you know um and and then i've been reading as you just described with my glasses off with one hand over one eye and then reading out of what i think of as my bad eye my bad distance eye very very close up and i think something about that has made my eyesight worse which means the lenses are less and less good so i went to the optician this week good (laughs) to uh, to say look something's going on i think i can't get on with these glasses maybe i need to switched to having two pairs of glasses, one for distance and one for reading. They said, oh, well, you'd actually need three pairs of glasses, one for distance, one for looking at computer screens and phones and one for reading. Oh, really? Yeah, and I thought, I can't have three pairs of glasses. Feels a bit much, doesn't it? Yeah, three pairs of glasses is too much. So they say, well, you've got two choices, really. Uh, one one choice is we, we update your transitional lenses. Your prescription has changed and there are things we can do which might help you. Maybe maybe your, the, the way your pupil sits, uh, we could raise the reading part of the glasses a, a bit. Make it, They're bespoke, basically, these okay. lenses. Uh, they said, or uh, you could stick with your glasses and buy some reading glasses to wear in addition to them. Okay. So I say, how much will uh, how much will it be to um, to get 
very focal lenses. She says, well, it's diff- difficult to say uh, without sort of working out exactly what you need, but somewhere in the region of £600. Whoa. This isn't with fray- these with my existing frames. Oh, wow. This is just the lenses. What? So I don't think... Because I go to a neighbourhood opt- opticians. I don't go to one of the big chains. I go to a neighbour. It's not like it's not fancy, but just by virtue of it's like a little independent business. Mm. It's it's sort of a bit more expensive. Okay. And I think I know what I'm going to do. I'm just going to go and get reading glasses from one of these kind of high street opticians. Yeah. That you know the ones we we're all thinking of. Yeah, yeah. But I don't want to tell them that. No, because no. even reading glasses from even if I don't get six hundred pound lenses, even if I buy some reading glasses, the frames, you know, it's not like these places where they're frames for nineteen pounds. Yeah. They're all kind of hundred quid, and then the lenses are probably going to cost another one or two hundred pounds, and I'm going to be paying okay. for it. Yep. So I go, okay, I'm going to go and talk to my. I'm going to go and think about it. I'm going <laughs> to go talk to my wife. The classic, yeah. And then what I think is, I'm going to go to one of these places like Specsavers or Vision Express. And I'm going to get some reading glasses from one of, one of those. Yeah. Even though I'll have to have another eye test and that will cost me £30 or whatever an eye test <laughs> It'll be costs. cheaper. It'll still be cheaper than yeah. buying additional reading glasses or biting the bullet and paying a fortune f- for very focals. So I go to a Specsavers mm-hmm. and uh, I say, look, I explain the situation, say that I need to buy some cheap reading glasses. They say, okay, uh, when did you last have your eyes tested? I said, oh, this morning. <laughs> That's really weird. They said, "Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> well, would you would, would we we probably need your prescription from your opticians then?" Oh no! Yes, no. So I straight away panic and think, "I don't want to ask my opticians for the prescription because no. then they will know I'm cheating on them." You are cheating with on them, like yeah. a high street giant. Yes, yes. And I think the woman in Specsavers intuits this because she says, "Would you like me to ring them for you?" No. See, yes, I would love that. I'd love that. You got so the much. mistress to yes. ring the wife. Yeah. <laughs> so so she rings up and she says, uh, I'm with a mutual customer. I love that. Mutual customer. Oh, yeah. Makes it sound very grown oh, it up. It does, yeah, it does. Like we're in a thruple. Yeah, yeah it does. Watched a few documentaries uh, about thruples, and let me tell you something. I don't think I'm well, I'm yet to see one where everybody is on board as much as everybody else. I agree. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> There's usually one very, very sort of sad one who's going yeah. along with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, where was it? So, so I think this is great. So she says, uh, I've got a mutual mutual customer here uh, and I wonder if she could send over his prescription. And she's going, uh-huh, okay, yeah. And then she says something terrible. Go on. I'll just put you on to, put no, you on to him. No, no. So she passes the no. phone over. Oh, this is killing me. And the guy who earlier I'd said to, oh, oh I need to, um, oh. I need to guess, think about it. I need to talk to my wife, but I'll this be back. I'm going to be back very soon. He goes, uh, and he, he deadpans it. He says, yeah, I just want, um, yeah, I just wanted confirmation that <gasps> you uh, give you permission for us to show your prescription with <gasps> Specsavers. <laughs> and I just go, Yes, thank you. Bye. <laughs> it was the worst. I think like he just did that to make me suffer. Of course he did. It was the worst. I'm going to speak to him. I'm going to make him yeah. face up to this terrible thing. Oh. But the trouble is now, like, I feel the next time I want nice glasses, like the ones I wear all the time, mm. I can't even go back to my nice local optician. Of course you can't. Because of what's happened. No, never again. So now I'll need to like schlep over to some other part of London <laughs> to find an optician that's good that sells nice frames. 
There are some things that move down the stream. Some of them are called Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. It's coming past you, and on the sail is written G-L-A-P, which stands for GLAP. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. The organization. Adrift. All right, Quandary Corner at the GLAP Clinic. This is where you share social situations in which you... Did I say social, weirdly, then? No, I social didn't social situations uh, in which you've uh, found yourself and not known the rules, and, and we will try and divine what those rules are. First one is from Darren. What's the etiquette for surviving breakages in a supermarket, in particular dropping glass jars of sauce? My wife, Tanya, has just managed to fumble with a jar of salsa while getting it off the shelf in our local Tesco superstore. In the process, she's managed to knock a tray of the sauces off the shelf and they've smashed on the floor. I guess her response is most likely to end with us telling we can never shop there ever again. But can you settle an argument about what to do in the immediate aftermath of such an incident? I believe the most appropriate thing to do is to run away, deny any knowledge of the incident, then leave the shop and never return. The way Tanya chose to deal with it was to call over to a member of staff, mime an apology whilst pointing at the massacre of salsa sauce on the floor, then apologise repeatedly when she came over and mumbled something about broken cardboard trays and poorly stacked shelves. She's also just made a massive scene in another supermarket because they had no cardboard wine carriers left for the six bottles of Pinot Grigio she bought. She's told the checkout girl that if it wasn't so late on a Sunday, she would, she would have told them to shove it and leave. <laughs> but I'm so desperate for booze. I can't buy it anywhere else. I need my booze. Just as she said that, the really helpful store manager came over with the last wine carrier in the store and she had to make the most embarrassing climb down apology in history. And now we clearly can't shop in Sainsbury's either. Okay, so I just want to go on record as saying Tanya's a problem. Oh, <laughs> she is a problem. Okay, she needs to like. So, firstly, she needs to watch how she speaks to people. Okay, uh, and then secondly, <laughs> so going back to your original quandary, mm. you did what everybody would want to do, but the right thing to do is some kind of confession. But then this business where Tiny starts blaming it on on them, mm-hmm. not great. Just just the the thing to do is but, be very contrite, and they they won't charge you for it. Do they not charge you? Generally not. I mean, it's you know, I'm guessing if you're in a china shop or something, it's a different thing in, <laughs> in an antique shop. But if you're Babiche in the super, shop, yeah, yeah. If you're in the supermarket, <laughs> okay, and you knock something over, the, 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 I mean, it's a bit like. Our guy earlier in the episode with the kid, Mm-mm. sort of soiling, um, yeah, soiling the hardware store. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think the thing to do, and I know it involves an uncomfortable interaction, and you know, anyone who listens to this podcast will knows that I don't like an uncomfortable interaction. But you have to say, "I'm so sorry. Uh, we we've had an accident with the salsa." Okay. And then the the appropriate response from the store, which I'm sure is in their training, mm. is, oh, don't worry about it. And then they will go and get a, a little yellow uh, oh, yeah. thing. What yeah. are they called, those things? Sign. Like a warning sign? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they'll, they'll mop it up. What about this? If, you, if it hasn't been witnessed, is yeah. it okay to go and get someone? Because I guess you have to get someone yeah. and say, oh, there's um, someone's broken something. Like, to blame just yes that's all right yes, isn't yeah it? yeah i'll allow that yeah okay yeah. so i had a vaguely similar what, experience. what if they went 
What if you you grasped the non-existent person up like that, and yeah. the supermarket employee was like, "These people are the worst." Shall we go and have a look at the video footage and see <laughs> see who it is? I'm very busy. Got to go. <laughs> yeah. Even if it's very late on a Sunday and I had no yeah. food, yeah. I would just leave. So I was in IKEA this week with my son. Did you leave him in the crash? No, they got to be three. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, it's such a joy. Yeah, you just dump your kid for an hour. I put him on reins though. <laughs> Dude, it's like a lead. I love it. They do seem to be coming back in fashion a little Um, bit, Reigns. Definitely, yeah. yeah. So I put him on Reigns because, as we've mentioned before, he's very rogue or feral, as I prefer to think of it. Um, And, you know, in Ikea, like, if you need help, never run around, is there? But the moment that he broke something, it was literally next to someone standing there. What was the object? Well... This is it was weird because so it was a uh, some kind of sideboard and on the sideboard there was a plastic thing stuck to it and then in the plastic thing was the the label of how much it cost the name of it and stuff so it was like a plastic folder very thick stuck to the sideboard right. somehow don't know how he managed to pull off the top bit of the plastic I mean, it's a thick plastic it's yeah. like ru- ruler thick quite yeah. impressive but anyway it made a very loud noise and I thought for a minute it probably was a minute I thought the guy didn't look I thought what am I going to do am I going to admit this like how much do these things cost to replace am I going to get charged like I don't know like cost price might not be that much I was very paranoid and in the end I thought well he's right next to me he knows it's happened I have to say something (laughs) and he said oh oh oh, yes it's fine and then I could see him trying to fix it back on again but it was like it was snapped (laughs) it was impossible so I guess I know from that situation what I did so I think probably it's the right thing to do, isn't it? It is, yeah. I've got no problem. I blame with my son, but it was his fault. Uh, yeah, yeah. You could, I mean, you could have thrown him under the bus. You, yeah. You know, you could have offered offered him up in some way. Take a finger. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been too much. Yeah. <laughs> um, so is that answered? No, not really. Yeah, I think so. I think the answer is... As uncomfortable it is, you've got to say something. Okay. But if you want to blame it on, um, if you want to go for the old, it was like that when I got here. Yeah. Thing that's that's, that's fine. fine. Yeah. Okay. Right. Let's move yeah. on then. This is from Chief Governor Patrick Nee. We- and, and Tanya's a problem. No, Tanya's not a problem. She sounds just like me. Don't say anything. No, you have got a bit of a rage problem. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I know. We live in a mid-terrace house with lovely neighbours with a young child to one side. They are the perfect neighbours. They don't complain about the amount of Amazon parcels they have to take in for us, to your face, have helped us to jumpstart the car and also keep their garden tidy, thereby putting our weedy jungle to shame. But Bingate has recently developed. To get our bins out to the street from our garden, we have a gate that leads to a path that runs behind, then alongside their house. In the past, I've been a friendly neighbour and put their bins back next to the house where I know they keep them until I decided I couldn't be bothered to do it anymore. Recently, I left ours out on the street for a couple of days after collection day because I was being lazy. That was until my neighbour wheeled them around the back and left them by our back gate. My anxiety-ridden brain has decided that this was their way of telling us off for being such lazy slobs and was a huge act of passive aggression. Today, they return the bins to our back alley again shortly after the morning bin collection. No doubt this was a preemptive strike for them to force my hand into not leaving my wheelie bins on the pavement for a day too long again. Here's the dilemma. Every few weeks we get our bins cleaned, so they need to stay out on the pavement until the cleaners have done their round. I didn't know such a thing existed. No, our bins are so disgusting. I want mine done. How do we stop our neighbour from putting them around the back without, one, looking like a paranoid weirdo who doesn't like people touching his bins, 
too, looking ungrateful if they were just trying to be helpful and do some bin moving work for us. Or, worst of all, three, them telling me they had to do it because we were so lax in taking them in before and we were making the street look a mess. Of course, the obvious solution is to say and do nothing and just never have the bin cleaning that we pay for actually be done. But any advice would be welcome. So it's all friends. It's all friendly. Well, it's, it's all unspoken. So, so, so no. What I mean is their relationship. They've yeah, got yeah, a good relationship, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And and furthermore, there is previous on both sides of moving each other's bins. Mm. So the most likely thing is mm. it's just a nice neighbourly thing that's going on. Mm. And, and there's a chance that isn't what's going on. And and as you rightly say, there's some sort of passive aggression. Mm. But since you have a good relationship, here's what. Here's how you play it. The next time you're chatting, like picking up an Amazon parcel, you say, oh, do you know when the next bin cleaning day is? Oh, but does the neighbour have their bin? They don't have their bins cleaned. How do you know that? Well, I don't know for sure. Well, But they'd know. If they'd know, if they were having their bins cleaned as well, they wouldn't be taking them back around the back again, would well, they? Well, they, they, I mean, that maybe solves it as well. But mm. but my, my point being, mm. you played... I can't imagine the council offer a service where they clean some people's bins but not others. Do they? No, no, it's a it's a paid for service. What do you mean? Well you can book it. Like I'm mean, you just ring up and you, say Hang on, you'd never heard of this two minutes ago. <laughs> I looked into it. Did you seriously look <laughs> no, into it? It's a, there's a thing where you can book people to come round and clean your bins out. you I've never seen you look happier and more excited. You can pay for it. Oh, I love being able to throw money at a problem. <laughs> Exactly. Nothing makes me happier than being able I could to tell throw in your face, you're like, oh what it's not a council thing. I yeah, they they were they obviously pay for it. It's a private service. Because hmm. hmm. I was going to say, is there any way you could tell them about this great service? Like it's a thing you've just discovered. Uh, but that could sound passive aggressive. Like yeah. oh, you, you think their bins are you, filthy and they need cleaning. Your bins smell. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Could this be an option, Patrick? Could you dispense with bins altogether, outside bins, let it pile up in plastic bags in the house for a month or so, then go to the tip monthly? Is that, that, is, that is a way of circumnavigating this problem. It's not a good way, but no. it is, it is certainly a way. I'm, I'm Googling bin oh cleaning. You're so distracted by this. You want your bin clean, don't you? Look at this. London Bin Cleaning Limited. Yeah. Prestige Bin Cleaning. There you go. Brent Bin Cleaning Company. Those are it, the first three. It's a massive industry. John Ellis Wheelie Bin Cleaning Service. Wheelie Bin Cleaning. The Wheelie Bin Cleaning Society. We sound like we're getting a bung, bung from the Wheelie Bin, bin Cleaning Society. The Wheelie Bin Kings. Go, go, with, go with Bin Made. Made. <laughs> 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 in my head, I'm very, very clear. I still saw a dustbin in a pinny then. When, you know, when I was a kid, you know, you'd read about, like, in the future, we'll all have robots and yeah. things. Like, the thing for cleaning your house never sort of looked like one of those robot vacuum cleaners that we have now. It always no. had a pinny yeah, and a feather duster. Oh, a feather duster, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, well, should we just leave this as we're all very happy to find out you can have your bins cleaned and we don't know what to do, Patrick? Yeah, there okay. we go. And that was our podcast. Thank you for listening. If you have a quandary for Quandary Corner at the GLAP Clinic in Problematic, uh, then you can email us hello at adriftpodcast.com and same email address if you'd like to send us a story. And we would really like you to send us your story, please. 
Thanks to Man in the Echo and to Emily Harrison uh, for the music and to Vince Lynch and Simon Wilcox for the eye dance and the announcing and to Patrick Gunning and Wana Babu for the technicals, Carla Gowlett taking photos and Kim Rainey designed our artwork. And I just want to finish by saying it's just it's just good to get the, all the cohort together, isn't it? <laughs> Drift. All right, uh, publication time, and this comes from Drifter Royalty, no less. Yes. The keeper of the archive, Joseph Gorsi, who says, Hi, Jeff and Annabelle. Hi. Hi. I hope you're both well. I'd like to request a publication for the next available slot, please. Uh, I don't have a specific date, as I've been sitting on this one for a while. This publication is for uh, two people. The first is our second son, Zachary. Zach was born at the end of July at home. Not the candles and whale music kind of home birth, but midwife saying, you're not going to make it to the hospital in time kind of home birth. Wow, okay. Zach weighed seven pounds, 7.5 ounces, and has been keeping us very busy. That is a good weight. It is a very good weight. Yeah, that's, you know... That's uh, it's neither oh, oh that's a little one isn't mm-hmm. it or oh it's, mm-hmm. it's what a great weight yeah congratulations baby weights are one of the few things I do in imperial as well mm. I, don't, I don't even know what that is in metric no idea just to be uh, obtuse when I sent out the text message about our son being born mm. I did send it in kilograms though and you just head circumference as well. I think that's a that's an interesting thing you don't often include. <laughs> I, I never gets included, yeah, and it yeah, should. Yeah, it should. Um, next, I'd like to podicate this to my wife Elizabeth. She had quite a difficult pregnancy. We found out she was pregnant five days before we moved house. We moved into a fixer upper, so we spent two months without a proper kitchen or bathroom, and then a month of renovations. She had a month or so of relative calm. Then, at the end of May, on her birthday, I was diagnosed with cancer. The run-up to the diagnosis was quite stressful, not knowing what was wrong with me or how bad it would be, or even if I'd still be there to see Zach born. Luckily, it wasn't as bad as we thought it would be, uh, as we were told I had lymphoma. The last two months of her pregnancy, I was having chemotherapy, so I was even more useless than usual. Liz had to do all the driving, the lion's share of looking after our first son, Gabriel, change all the nappies, and do most of the work around the house. Uh, I was in London having a short chemo session when she started labour, but thankfully managed to get home in plenty of time for the birth. The f- month following Zach's birth wasn't much easier with me ending up in hospital again for a week and having to find a new childminder for Gabriel at short notice. Uh, things have started to settle down a bit now, but I just wanted to let her know that through all of this, she's been amazing, incredibly strong, caring and supportive, apart from that time she forgot to bring me a sandwich in hospital. <laughs> What better way to let her know how well she's done over the last year and how much I love her by than by giving her a podication on a podcast she doesn't listen to. <laughs> uh, thanks, Liz. I couldn't have gotten through this without you. I, I found out Josie's news only quite recently by accident on Facebook. I'm not on Facebook very often, and uh, I'm just so sorry that you've had such an awful time of it. Um People who've been with us for a long time and especially towards the end of the radio show, Joseph, was so generous and kind with people in 
fill in the gaps in their podcast archives. Mm, yeah. and, um, he's just a great person. And I remember being sort of emotional back when Gabriel was born. And, and this is, you know, this is just an extraordinary circumstance to find yourself in. And I know that, that Joseph's sort of on the men, but just what a terrible thing to have been through. Um, to be that ill and dealing with sort of late pregnancy and yeah. newborn is just unimaginable. Like, so, oh, so awful. Although that's not the worst thing Elizabeth's been through. No, because she once sat through the podication bit after our radio show and it was like she wanted the earth just to take her there and then because it went on for so long. I bet that's how she's found her strength <laughs> in all this. That she's just thought, you know, if I got through that, I can get through anything. <laughs> Oh, oh, yeah. Well, I'm pleased things are on the up. Congratulations, first off, on on Zach being born and yes. at such an excellent weight. I mean, that is, is really quite some weight. And a great name as well. My nephew's name, Zachary. Of course, yes, yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. Welcome to the world, Zachary. Yeah, and um, I hope yeah Gabriel's doing well. Yeah, uh, and and Joseph. Uh, just sending you and your family our love. I know it's sort of like a little bit late. I know you're on, on the mend now, and I wish we'd sort of known at the time and maybe been able to do something for you. But, I mean, what can I do, though? It's not like I've got a cure. No, I know. But I don't know, like, send, send I don't know. Exactly, don't know. there yeah, isn't anything, yeah, there is isn't. there? No. I've got a friend who's going through chemo at the moment, and, you know, the the only thing you can really do is just sort of be intuitive why am i telling you this this isn't sort of it's not about my friend it's about joseph but i'm i'm you know sorry you've been through that and so pleased to hear that you're kind of um coming out the other side now and it's the uh, the latest edition of the podcast podicated to liz and uh, if you'd like a podication you can email us hello at adriftpodcast.com 